The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before human beings so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we continue hearing from the Sermon on the Mount, the most important sermon Jesus taught. We're in Matthew chapter 5. Last Sunday he taught the Beatitudes. So now the question is, how do we live out this beautiful life, this life of happiness and blessing? Jesus tells us in today's Gospel, because this immediately follows the Beatitudes. He uses three metaphors, simple metaphors, but powerful. First we'll start with salt. In the ancient world, when Jesus lived, salt was imperative for preserving food. And if you were traveling a long distance, you needed that preservation, otherwise you'd starve. So salt had that preservative effect. It also had an antiseptic effect. So if you were wounded, you'd rub salt into the wound. And although it would be painful, it would protect you from getting infected. And then, of course, salt-flavored food. Let's just take that and see how it applies to our life today. In our baptism, we're called to be the salt of the earth, to be that preservative of the true, the good, and the beautiful. And we have been told what that is, the true, good, and beautiful. It's the life of Christ living in us. So to preserve that in the culture means we have to take an active part. Now that can certainly be happened through our prayers, but also through our words, our actions, the way we conduct ourselves in public has that preservative effect. We're not led away by all kinds of strange ideologies, and there's plenty of them today, but we're grounded in the truth of the gospel, this love, this life of joy. We're also called to have that healing property in ourselves. Salt has that effect of killing germs, bacteria. So it has that curative effect, and again, that's what we're called to be. And when people come to us who are wounded, as they often do, we're called to be the salt of the earth, to have that sanitizing effect. But we also have this aspect of flavor. We're called to give flavor to life. Not just our own life, but the life of the community. Do we have that joy of the Holy Spirit living within us? And that's a powerful witness if we really are people of joy, even though we may be suffering in various ways, deep down there's that joy that's palpable. And that's a powerful witness as well. Now Jesus says something very strange. He says if salt loses its saltiness, it's not good for anything but to be thrown out. Technically speaking, salt can do that when the sodium gets detached from the other base elements, then it does lose its saltiness. That's what happens when we get separated from Christ. 
getting lazy in our prayer life or not reading the scriptures every day as we should. Salt does not have its own end. To eat straight out of the salt shaker, it wouldn't be very healthy either. But when it comes out of the bottle into the food, that's when the flavor becomes real. So it's really meant for other things. Same with us. We're not meant to keep all these gifts within, but to shine them forth for others. That leads us to the other metaphor of a light. We're called to be the light of the world. And again, in the ancient world, light was so important because there was no electricity, as you know. And in the houses that they lived in, in around Jerusalem, there would be very few windows. And when the sun set, it would be pitch black. And that would cut out all social activity within the house. You'd just basically have to go to bed, unless you had a lamp. And not on the floor, because when people would walk by it, it would block the light. You'd have to put it out on a stand so it could light the whole house. And that's the metaphor Jesus wants, again, for the light of the world. If you take a lighthouse, it has a, a very specific purpose. First of all, it's that tall building. At the top, it has this light that's refracted through a prism. Jesus' time, they didn't have GPS. But they had this way in which the light would protect, would guide. And that's what we're called to be as well, this guiding principle that where light shines, and gives direction. If there were happened to be a blackout all of a sudden here in Sarnia, how important it would be to have just one flashlight in the house. Light has that important purpose. And again, it's not for itself because if it were, and you look directly at the light, it would be blinding. But if it's shining outward, then you look where it's shining and it illumines. And so again, it's not meant for itself, nor are we but takes its effect as it's given away. Same with us. Finally, the city on a hill. Again, in Jesus' day, how important it was to have a city on a hill because, again, they didn't have GPS. This is a desert kind of region, so if you're a traveler, you're looking for a kind of monument that would sort of center you where you were, and then you could see, oh, I'm near that city. Now I know exactly where I am and which direction to go. So it acts as a reference point pointing directions to travelers. But there's also the effect of protection because when a city is built on a hill, usually a rock hill, it protects the residents for one thing. We know what happened in New Orleans with the storm of Katrina back in 2005. And that's because New Orleans is built below sea level. And about 90% of that whole city was wiped out. $100 billion of damage 500 people died, and that's only because 90% of the population had left before the storm hit. But all the levees, all the dam, everything that they had built in protection just didn't hold. That's because it wasn't built on a hill. Again, we're called to have that foundation of Christ. When we're built on Christ, we're like that city on a hill, and if the flood water should come suddenly in our life, whatever it's ill health or some tragedy, we're not going to get washed away. We will hold strong, and for others as well. So that imagery really does apply to us. The city on a hill gives direction, gives protection, but it also gives sight to the residents because you can look out and see who's coming from a long distance away. That would be important, for example, 
You want to see enemies from a far distance, you can protect yourself. And if you're on a hill, you have this vantage point. Again, when we're living our life with Christ, we have this vision, this knowledge, this insight, one of the gifts of the Spirit, wisdom and knowledge. And we can then give advice, give protection to ourselves, our family, and others. Those are the three metaphors, very important. And what Jesus is really saying is, this is how you live this blessed, happy, beautiful life. When you act this way as salt, light, and a city on a hill. Now, the objection to all of this could be, and often is, who am I? I don't have all these gifts. I'm not wealthy. I'm not that smart. I'm not that whatever. And we can tend to not act as those metaphors are calling us to. Well, the answer is the very metaphors Jesus chose. They're very simple. Salt, light, these are very common elements that are used every day. Jesus deliberately uses those metaphors because he's really trying to tell us it's your ordinary lives that can act in this way. You don't have to be some kind of superstar or super wealthy or with this super IQ. After all, he chose the 12 apostles, fishermen, tax collectors, and others. That's what really turned the world upside down. It was those ordinary men who knew they were ordinary and knew they needed the extraordinary gifts of Christ. St. Paul talks about that in the second reading. Let me give you the context here. In Acts chapter 17, St. Paul thought he would use his own wisdom. He had this knowledge of Greek philosophy. So he goes up to Athens, this really Greek city with a lot of smart people in it. They're all pagans, but they have their philosophies. He goes there to try to outsmart them with his own philosophy, and it's a complete disaster. Hardly any converts. Well, the very next chapter, chapter 18, he goes to Corinth, and he says, scrap that idea. I'll just preach Christ crucified, and I'll tell my testimony. And he had a powerful testimony. Corinth was converted. He made many disciples. And that's what he's saying in our second reading today. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and him crucified. So how do we live this? First of all, as I mentioned, this lighthouse has light refracted through a prism, goes out in different directions, and that's an image of our charisms. The Holy Spirit works through our various gifts, and we all are gifted, some with, let's say, music. That would be how your light shines. Some would be hospitality. You have a particular gift for welcoming people, making them feel at home. That's your gift. That's how light shines. That's how you are the salt of the earth. Another way to be salt and light is to, just as St. Paul did, tell in your ordinary words what Christ means to you. Your testimony powerful. That's compelling. So these are some of the ways in which we can be salt and light and a city built on a hill and live that beautiful, blessed life that St. Paul talks about and Jesus certainly in the Beatitudes in the Sermon on the Mount.